Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Tuesday, August 16th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Stocks begin the day at three-month highs. Apple sets another date for workers to return to the office. It's primary day with key races involving Liz Cheney in Wyoming and Sarah Palin in Alaska. And the DOJ opposes the release of an affidavit in the search of Donald Trump's home. Staffing issues cause headaches at New York City airports. Plus, former Trump attorney Rudy Giuliani is the target of a criminal probe. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanshaw at Sports. Rough night for New York baseball. The Yankees were shut out again. The Mets lost in Atlanta 13-1. to That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business App. Good morning, I'm John Tucker. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. futures are little changed this morning. We are coming up to 501 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are little changed, and so are Dow and NASDAQ futures. The DAX in Germany is up eight-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury, little change, yield 2.78 percent. The yield on the two-year, 3.19 percent. NYMEX crude oil is down 1.1 percent on a dollar one at $88.38 a barrel. COMEX gold is down four tenths percent or seven dollars seventy cents at seventeen ninety forty an ounce. And Bitcoin this morning is lower down a third of a percent at twenty three thousand nine hundred dollars. John. And Karen, we begin today's session with US stocks at a three month high. The S P five hundred has gained for four straight weeks its longest winning streak this year. Hank Smith is chief investment officer at Haverford Trust. Now I think it's anticipating that we are beyond peak inflation. Um and that uh, a lot of factors, including the Federal Reserve's policy, uh, is starting to unwind inflation. And, and perhaps, perhaps uh, the Fed might get lucky and engineer a somewhat soft landing. Hey, for Trust, Hank Smith says the next batch of retail earnings could be key for the markets. And, John, we start hearing from some of those retailers today. Walmart reports less than two hours from now. We get a preview from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. The giant retailer issued a business update less than a month ago in which it lowered its profit outlook, so Bloomberg Intelligence says today's release should hold few surprises. Inflation has been a significant headwind for Walmart, causing customers to spend more on food and less on discretionary items. BI says a sales event in June may have helped to reduce some inventory, but Walmart will likely need further markdowns to move overstocks of clothing. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Daybreak. 
Thanks, Jeff. On Wall Street, we're learning what some of the world's biggest money managers are doing with their stock portfolios. Let's get the very latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, John. During the latest quarter, Stanley Druckenmiller's family office offloaded big tech, selling its entire $199 million position in Amazon and scaling back its stake in Microsoft. Soros Fund Management boosted its stakes in Amazon, Salesforce, and Alphabet. Berkshire Hathaway eliminated a Verizon stake and boosted other bets, including Occidental Petroleum, increasing its investment there more than it did in any other firm. But Apple remains Berkshire's largest holding. And Michael Burry's Scion Asset Management exited all equity positions except one. It added private prison operator Geo Group, Scion's only stock holding as of the end of June. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. Well, Apple is making news this morning. Bloomberg News has learned the company has laid off many of its contract-based recruiters in the past week. It's part of a push to rein in the tech giant's hiring and spending. And in another development, Apple has set a September 5th deadline for corporate employees to be in the office at least three days a week. COVID spikes disrupted Apple's previous attempts to have workers back in the office. And let's turn to politics now, where it's primary day in Wyoming and Alaska. Representative Liz Cheney is bracing for a loss, while the former vice presidential candidate Sarah Palin looks to stage a political comeback. And Bloomberg's Amy Morris has more from our 99.1 newsroom in Washington. Cheney is all but certain to lose to challenger Harriet Hageman, who has former President Trump's support and leads by nearly 30 percentage points in the polls. But Cheney's supporters say she's already charting a rebound. In Alaska, former Governor Sarah Palin is trying for a comeback in the open race for the state's sole seat in Congress. Her critics say she's been more visible on right-wing TV in the lower 48 than in her own home state. But she has Trump's endorsement. Also in Alaska, Senator Lisa Murkowski is in a re-election fight against Trump-supported candidates. Candidate Kelly Shibaka. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. Amy, thank you. We also have news about Donald Trump's battle with the Justice Department. The DOJ says it's against the release of an affidavit justifying a search warrant for documents at the former president's Florida home. The search warrant itself has been released, but the Justice Department says the affidavit includes sensitive information about the investigation. St. John's University law professor John Barrett says it's a standard move by the DOJ. It's the details of what surveillance information, what informant information, what prior course of dealings led the government to believe that there were classified documents in Mar-a-Lago. And that's all highly confidential and actively part of an investigation. St. John's University law professor John Barrett was a guest on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the program weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. And geopolitics also in focus this morning. China says it's going to fight back against the latest congressional visit to Taiwan. That story from Bloomberg's Ed Baxter. It says it will increase patrols both air and sea to provide a resolute response. In an exclusive interview with Bloomberg Editor-in-Chief John Micklethwaite, Singapore Deputy Prime Minister Lawrence Wong says China and the U.S. mistakenly could sleepwalk into a conflict. We are starting to see a series of decisions being taken by both countries that will lead us into more and more dangerous territory. Wong says neither side wants open conflict, but is very concerned a mistake could happen. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. 
All right, Ed, thank you. And S&P futures are starting to extend their declines. They're down about six points now. Dow futures down 14. And NASDAQ futures down about 18. The DAX in Germany is up about seven-tenths of a percent. And the 10-year Treasury down one thirty-second, yield 2.79%. The yield on the two-year, 3.20%. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 507 on Wall Street. Time to bring in Michael Barr with more on what else is going on in New York and around the world. John, thank you very much. Travelers at New York City area airports were told by the FAA to expect delays because of airline staffing shortages. Staffing at a facility that manages the airspace for all three major New York airports is said to be the problem. The FAA later tweeted that the problem had been solved and things at the big airports in the New York City area were getting back to normal. Not soon enough for these people. They were grounded. Maybe we'll start driving. Maybe that'll be better. Maybe. We'll see. With the industry struggling with pent-up demand for travel and a system that's understaffed post-COVID, airports blame the airlines and the airlines blame the FAA. Prosecutors in Atlanta have told Rudy Giuliani's lawyers that he is a target of their criminal investigation into possible illegal attempts by then-President Donald Trump and others to interfere in the 2020 general election in Georgia. Giuliani says, you do this to a lawyer, we don't have America anymore. Russia and Ukraine blame each other for the renewed shelling near a nuclear power plant in western Ukraine. State Department spokesperson Ned Price says the U.S. is closely monitoring the activity at the plant. We believe that the fighting there uh, is dangerous, it's irresponsible, uh, and we do continue to urge an end to all military operations at or near Ukraine's facilities uh, and the return of full control of those facilities uh, to Ukraine. State Department spokesperson Ned Price. The efforts to continue to bring WNBA star Brittany Griner and fellow American detainee Paul Whelan back from Russia continues. Griner's attorneys have filed an appeal who was recently sentenced to nine years in prison in Russia. Bill Richardson, who has worked in hostage negotiations through his position at the Richardson Center for Global Engagement, says he has talked to both sides. It basically says the legal process is over except for the appeal and it's reasonable to have this appeal nine-year sentence in a penal connolly now there can be negotiations between the united states and russia bill richardson believes griner's legal team has been effective global news 24 hours a day on air and on bloomberg quick take powered by more than 2700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries i'm michael barr and this is bloomberg john michael thank you And it's now 510 on Wall Street. It's time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. And good morning, John Stashower. All right, good morning, John. It's more than just a little slump now for the Yankees. This has been going on since the All-Star break when the Yanks were flying high at 64 and 28. But since then, 12 games, only two wins, and shut out four times, including each of the last two nights. They were back at the stadium. They lost 4 nothing to Tampa Bay. The Rays used five pitchers. They took advantage of a... 
Misplay in center field by Aaron Hicks for one run, and they got three more with two outs in the ninth inning. Not a good situation, and yet, as always, Aaron Boone looks on the bright side. Sure, there are some good things happening. Our starters continue to really throw the ball well. A number of guys out of the pen, um, you know, even though Lou struggled tonight, are, are throwing the ball well. Um, we just got to get some guys on track offensively right now and and get guys that should be key contributors contributing like they're capable of. So. Hicks in particular has been a real problem. Five for his last 53. Yanks had one scoring threat last night and then Hicks it into a double play. The Mets had not had a game like last night almost all year. They lost in Atlanta 13-1. to Braves with an eight-run sixth inning. They hit three home runs. The top two in the Atlanta order, Ronald Lacuna and Dansby Swanson, combined for six hits, six RBI. Seventh straight win for Atlanta. Still in it. Braves are only four and a half games behind the Mets. 80th win of the year for the Dodgers. They've won 13 to 14 in this after learning that Walker Bueller was fourth in the Cy Young voting last season is out with an elbow injury. The Texas Rangers have fired their manager, Chris Woodward. Pete Carrill has died at 92. He coached basketball at Princeton for 29 years, won 13 Ivy League championships. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. John? All right, thanks, John. And ahead of the cash open on Wall Street Futures right now, they are in the red. The Dow Futures down 26 points at 33,847. S&P E-mini Futures, 8 points lower. Down about two-tenths of a percent right now. And the NASDAQ Futures, 25 points lower. That is down two-tenths of a percent. Ten-year yield, 279. The two-year, 320. This is Bloomberg. Just ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, follow the smart money with something called a 13F. Bloomberg's Alex Webb will be here to explain. You're listening to Bloomberg. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are lower this morning. The dollar is rising as investors are concerned about signs of a sharp economic slowdown, even as the Federal Reserve stays on the path of monetary tightening. Check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down almost seven points. Dow futures little changed. And NASDAQ futures down about 21. The DAX in Germany is up six-tenths of a percent. The 10-year Treasury down 3.30 seconds. Yield 2.79 percent. The yield on the two-year, 3.2. NYMEX crude oil is down about three-tenths of a percent, or 27 cents, at $89.16 a barrel. COMEX gold is down a third of a percent, or $6.60. at $17.91.50 an ounce. The euro, 1.0138 against the dollar. British pound, 1.2049. And the yen, 133.99. And looking at Bitcoin, it's down... About a, about a tenth of a percent. It's at $24,000. Today we also get a look at housing starts and building permits out at 8.30 Wall Street time. Industrial production capacity utilization are out at 9.15. And Home Depot and Walmart are among companies scheduled to report earnings today. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Karen. The Justice Department said it opposes the release of an FBI affidavit justifying a search warrant used to remove documents from former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home in Florida last week. The DOJ asked the judge to keep the filing sealed due to the investigation that implicates national security. It is primary day in Wyoming and Alaska. Republican Congresswoman Liz Cheney is fighting to keep her seat after voting to impeach Trump. In baseball, the slumping Yankees lost to the Rays for zip. 
The Braves put a what for and why whipping on the Mets 13-1. The Nationals, Orioles, and Giants won. The A's lost. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg John. Thank you, I think, Michael. It is now 5.20 on Wall Street. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Regulations require institutional investors who manage more than $100 million to file something called a 13F form. Uh, they lay out the firm's equity holdings as of the end of the most recent quarter. You can actually follow the smart money now. We're joined by Alex Webb of Bloomberg Quick Take. So uh, give me the highlights. Who are the, the big names? What are they holding or, or not holding, Alex? Well, the, the two big, uh, I think, takeaways or big names that we should be watching are really Berkshire Hathaway and Michael Burry. Berkshire Hathaway, of course, Warren Buffett, had made significant investments in the prior quarter, buying up uh, $41 billion in, in net stock purchases. Uh, this quarter, in the second quarter, he made just $3.8 billion. Uh, dollars in purchases, which seems to suggest something about the direction of travel in in his mind that maybe he he thought the bottom was there. He bought it previously. That's maybe an inference you can take. Michael Burry, meanwhile, of course, famously from the Big Short, has cut all of his long stock holdings to just one. Oh, entity. I love this one. <laughs> he has bought a company called the Geo Group, which runs prisons. It's a private prison operator. I would love to get a read from that on the logic behind that deal, but he's been getting a lot of attention on social media uh, recently for his bearish calls saying that the uh, situation could be as dire as the 2008 financial crisis. So those are the, the two big names, I think, getting the headlines. All right. Uh, dive a little deeper. You have Tiger Global Management and the Soros Fund Management. Um, what are they buying? They seem to have made quite a shrewd call. They piled into the uh, some of the big tech stocks and did so just before the uh, the big spike uh, that occurred uh, as the Fed um, signal or on the optimism that the, the Fed's tightening wouldn't be as aggressive as previously thought. Uh, Tiger Global buying into uh, Alphabet, uh, DocuSign, Zoom, amongst others, and uh, Soros was uh, sorry. I'm just checking my data here. I think getting into Amazon, which uh, others had not been doing. Others have been getting out of Amazon. Now, obviously, with the Amazon stock, it depends whether you're playing it on its e-commerce prospects or on its cloud opportunities. And the sense is that maybe the cloud opportunities are slowed down. But if if people are turning to the more spendthrift uh, opportunities for, for commerce, then maybe Amazon, with maybe its cheaper offerings, is a good place to do that. Uh, do you want to know why they uh, some exited or added these holdings, and is this essentially a look in the rearview mirror? I mean, what uh, as an individual investor, how valuable is all this stuff? I mean, it, it is almost, in a sense... You, it's almost like the gossip pages of what's of the what's happening at these hedge funds. You get a sense of oh, they're doing this. They're, it's almost like this person's dating that person, right? You get a little <laughs> bit of insight into what they're doing. You don't necessarily hear the logic behind it unless they decide to come out and make make a public statement. And of course, for every company that goes into one particular stock, there might be another that leaves that particular stock. But for the direction of travel, you can sometimes get some useful insights, which is why I, hi I highlighted Berkshire Hathaway and, and Michael Burry, these two big names seen as, you know, almost bellwethers or, or certainly strong um, views on, on the market sense of direction. And these are names that people are keen to follow. I also find it interesting with Ray Dalio. He's one of the, uh, he's been a long time bull on China, yet 
His uh, recent positions reflect maybe a little different thinking when it comes to the world's second uh, biggest economy and the, the companies he's held there. Yeah, he's got out of both Alibaba and JD.com, huge e-commerce sites in China. Uh, We've obviously seen a lot of confusion coming out of China on the way, particularly in the way they are addressing their big tech stocks. And uh, there has been a crackdown, which doesn't quite seem as though it's over. We, you know, news recently on, on Tencent exiting some of its, its portfolio companies, not least Meituan. Uh, The, assumption for some is that is a response to the ongoing pressure these companies are facing as, as China tries to rein in the size of its of its tech giants. Alex, always a pleasure. We appreciate you being with us this morning. Alex Webb, a Bloomberg quick take. And of course, you could read more about these 13F filings. Who's buying? Who's selling? And what are they buying? And what are they selling on Bloomberg? And ahead of the cash open on Wall Street, Dow futures right now, 22 points lower. S&P E-mini futures, they're down 7 points. And the Nasdaq futures, 25 points lower. As we look at the treasuries right now, the inversion between twos and tens, out 41 basis points, negative 41 basis points. The two-year yield at 3.20%. The 10-year at 279. And as we look at the commodities this morning, we have NYMEX crude down 36 cents right now at 89.05 a barrel. And you are listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. And the Bloomberg weather for today from Rob Carroll and mostly sunny, the high temperature in the mid-80s. Tonight, partly cloudy, low 65 to 70. Tomorrow's outlook, partly to mostly sunny. Chance of some afternoon showers, the high about 80 degrees. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119 and around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm John Tucker. And I'm Karen Moscow. We are just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. And we begin today's session with U.S. stocks at a three-month high. That's despite concerns over inflation, a potential recession, and tightening from the Fed. Julie Beal is portfolio manager at Kane Anderson Rudnick. The ways that you can kind of stay out of trouble, I think, is investing in businesses that typically just serve other businesses. And I like software because they have high levels of recurring revenue and very good profitability. I think that makes them more durable. Julie Beal with Kane Anderson Rudnick says it's crucial for the Fed to rein in inflation. Yeah, well, those concerns linger on Wall Street. We're also watching earnings. We hear from retail giant Walmart this morning. Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet has a preview. Analyst survey by Bloomberg see Walmart reporting second quarter adjusted earnings per share of $1.63 on revenue of $151.1 billion. Walmart's insights into shopper behavior will be under scrutiny as analysts seek clues about how soaring inflation will affect spending during the rest of the year. The retail giant cut its earnings outlook three weeks ago in New York. Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Charlie, thank you. While sticking with corporate news, Apple is trimming its headcount. The company laid off many 
many contract-based recruiters in the past week. And it's also set a September 5th deadline for corporate employees to be in the office at least three days a week. As stocks sold off in the second quarter, we're learning what some of the world's biggest money managers did with their portfolios. Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us live with more. Renita, good morning. Good morning, John. During the latest quarter, Stanley Druckenmiller's family office sold its entire $199 million position in Amazon and scaled back its stake in Microsoft. Soros Fund Management, meanwhile, boosted its stakes in Amazon, Salesforce, and Alphabet. Berkshire Hathaway eliminated a Verizon stake and boosted its other bets, including Occidental Petroleum. And Michael Burry's Scion Asset Management exited all equity positions except private prison operator Geo Group. It's only stock holding as of the end of June. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. I'm ready to thank you. Well, to politics now. It's primary day for voters in Wyoming and Alaska. Representative Liz Cheney is bracing for a loss against Trump-backed challenger Harriet Hageman. She leads Cheney by nearly 30 percentage points in polls. Former vice presidential candidate Sarah Palin is vying for Alaska's sole seat in Congress and also has Trump's backing. And Alaska Senator Lisa Murkowski faces Trump-backed Kelly Shabaka. And straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 533 on Wall Street. And it's time to bring in Michael Barr with more on what else is going on in New York and around the world. John, thank you very much, sir. Travelers at New York City area airports, including JFK, LaGuardia, and Newark, were told by the FAA to expect delays because of airline staffing shortages. The FAA later tweeted that the problem had been solved and things at the big airports in the New York City area were getting back to normal. Yesterday, this college student missed her connector from Newark to get to Syracuse, New York. She told News 4 she had to spend the night at the airport. I only had like two hours at this airport and had to um, change uh, terminals. So um, the next flight to Syracuse is in the morning. The problem was said to be staffing at a facility that manages the airspace for all three major New York airports. Rudy Giuliani is a target of the criminal investigation into possible illegal attempts by then-President Donald Trump and others to interfere in the 2020 general election in Georgia. Prosecutors informed attorneys for the former New York mayor turned Trump defender. Meanwhile, Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis is said that she is considering calling Trump himself to testify. Meanwhile, Alan Weisselberg, the Trump Organization's longtime CFO, is said to be in plea talks with state prosecutors to resolve tax fraud charges. The effort to bring WNBA star Brittany Griner and fellow American detainee Paul Whelan back from Russia is ongoing. Griner was recently sentenced to nine years in prison in Russia. Her attorneys have filed an appeal. Bill Richardson, who has worked in hostage negotiations through his position at the Richardson Center for Global Engagement, says he has talked to both sides and is optimistic. Both sides are moving in the right direction because they've done it before, despite the fact that the relationship between the United States and Russia is toxic. Bill Richardson believes Griner's legal team has been effective. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Bard. This is Bloomberg. John. Michael, thanks.
It's now 5.35 on Wall Street. It's time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashauer. Thanks, John. First place Mets, first place Yankees, and yet last night they both lost, and by a combined score of 17-1. to Mets pitching has been so good. Just had back-to-back shutouts of the Phillies. Eight games in a row where the Mets did not allow more than two runs, and yet the Braves last night, three runs off Carlos Carrasco, and then an eight-run sixth inning to win 13-1. to And since losing four or five at City Field, Braves have won seven straight. They're back to within four and a half games of the Mets. Three more games remain in this series in Atlanta. And the Mets have lost infielder Luis Guillorme to a groin injury. Mets manager, Buck Showalter. Phillies just play without Schwarber. Yankees play without Stanton. Um, these guys have played without people. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, he's valuable. So it was, uh, so is Jake DeGrom. So is, uh, you know, Nemo's been down. Neil's been down. I mean, it is what it is. Yankee injuries have certainly hurt them. DJ LeMayu, the latest to be out of the lineup. Still remarkable how poorly the Yankees have played lately after being so good for three months. They've dropped 10 of the last 12. They've been shut out four times. Tampa Bay got a near-perfect game on Sunday from Drew Rasmussen. Last night at the stadium, they used five different pitchers and won four to nothing. Garrett Cole, last two starts, has allowed a total of one run, has gotten no run support. Tampa Bay Bucks have signed veteran defensive lineman Carl Nassib. He's the one who a year ago, while with the Raiders, came out as the NFL's first openly gay player. He'd been with the Bucks before. There was a report that Kevin Durant would retire before playing again for the Nets. KD posted on social media, not true. He has said he wants to be traded, but the Nets don't fire coach Steve Nash and GM Sean Marks. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. John? All right, thanks, John. And time down for the Tri-State Business Report. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Ed Corey. Robert Refkin's company, Compass, spent more than a billion dollars to become a go-to home seller in New York as well as Miami and L.A., but it has yet to generate an annual profit. As it gets ready to brief investors on second-quarter earnings, Compass will have to explain how a firm that couldn't make money in the hottest housing market ever can turn a profit as things cool down. A gauge of New York State manufacturing plunged by the second most in data going back to 2001, with sharp declines in orders and shipments that indicate an abrupt downturn in demand. The Federal Reserve Bank of New York's August General Business Conditions Index slumped more than 42 points. New York City is scheduled to sell about a billion dollars worth of general obligation bonds this week. It's also planning a billion dollars in revenue bond sales on August 24th according to a news release. That's your Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Ed Corey. It's 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in now with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Courtney Donahoe on KFAB in Omaha. Berkshire Hathaway cut its stake in Verizon in the second quarter. I'm Gina Cervetti, and for WCCO in Minneapolis, I'm reporting that 3M has resumed its fight to halt lawsuits filed mostly by veterans who say the company's combat earplugs caused hearing damage. I'm Stephen Carroll on Bloomberg DAB Digital Radio in London. We've been reporting on the latest UK jobs data showing the peak tightness in the labor market may have passed. I'm Ed Corey on WTAM in Cleveland. I'm reporting Barron's Calls Progressive, the country's best-run auto insurer. And those are some of these stories. Our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. 539 on Wall Street.
The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. Six months into Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the democratic world has come together to impose punishments on President Vladimir Putin and his enablers. Yet that has not stopped the bloodshed, and Putin is betting that Western unity will crumble as winter sets in and Europeans find themselves squeezed by rising food and energy prices. Proving him wrong will require Europe's leaders to prepare their countries for a protracted war and increase support to those least able to shoulder its costs. Above all, Europe's leaders must urge the public to be patient. The moral outrage and solidarity of the West has bolstered Ukraine's morale and helped its forces withstand Russia's onslaught. But the fight to preserve the country's freedom won't and soon. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPIN go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. Yeah, Bloomberg Opinion editorials can be heard every weekday at this time. Terminal customers, you can read more at OPIN go. Head of the open on Wall Street. Futures in the red right now. Dow futures 32 points lower. S&P futures down to 8, and the Nasdaq futures down 27 points. And the Bloomberg weather from meteorologist Rob Carolyn expects sunny skies today, highs in the mid-80s. Partly cloudy tonight, low 65 to 70, and tomorrow's outlook partly to mostly sunny. Could see some afternoon showers with a high temperature 80. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures are lower this morning. The dollar is rising. Investors are concerned about signs of a sharp economic slowdown, even as the Fed stays on the path of monetary tightening. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down about eight points right now. Dow futures, they're down at 25. And NASDAQ futures down 28. The DAX in Germany is up six-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury down two-thirty seconds, yield 2.79 percent. The yield on the two-year, 3.20 percent. NYMEX crude oil is down half percent or 42 cents at $88.99 a barrel. COMEX gold down four-tenths percent or $7.70 at $17.90.40 an ounce. The euro, 1.0133 against the dollar. British pound, 1.2024 and again, 134.15. And looking at Bitcoin, it is up a tenth of a percent at $24,100. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. The Justice Department is opposing calls to unseal the affidavit supporting the search of former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. The DOJ has called a grand jury and has witnesses cooperating with its probe focus on the mishandling of those sensitive documents. Wyoming Congresswoman Liz Cheney, who is a leading face in the January 6th riot investigation, is fighting to save her seat in the House today. Voters in Alaska, as well as Wyoming, are weighing in on the direction of the GOP in primaries. In baseball, the slumping Yankees lost to the Rays for zip. The Braves put a what for and why whipping on the Mets 13-1. The Nationals, Orioles, and Giants won the A's lost. 
Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries, I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg Carrot. All right, Michael Barr, thank you. Well, it's 5.49 on Wall Street. It's time for the Bloomberg Law Report. We get to the legal stories we're watching this morning from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. The Internal Revenue Service announced that interest rates will increase in the fourth quarter, which starts October 1st. The rate of interest is determined on a quarterly basis under the IRS code. The Labor Department cited international cushioning of Ohio for 25 alleged serious safety and health violations after a worker was hospitalized with second-degree burns. A federal court in Manhattan ruled that Bob's Discount Furniture can compel arbitration of claims over alleged misleading warranties. Bloomberg Law. Everything you need, all on one legal research platform, including guidance, analysis, and Bloomberg Market Intelligence. Find out more at BloombergLaw.com. All right, Jeff, thank you. Now another legal story we're watching. Vanessa Bryant, the widow of basketball star Kobe Bryant, is suing Los Angeles County, saying her privacy was invaded when sheriff's deputies and firefighters shared photos of the crash site with their friends and colleagues. The trial is expected to last about two weeks, and witnesses will likely include Vanessa Bryant and L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva. For more on the case, Bloomberg's June Grosso speaks to Warrington Parker, a partner at Crowell & Mooring. A primary issue in the case is whether she suffered emotional distress as a result of the county's actions. So Los Angeles County officials are arguing that she suffered emotional distress from the death of her husband and daughter rather than distress that the photos were leaked. How can a jury separate those? Well, emotional distress damages are always a very difficult thing, both to prove and to disprove, right? It's just how much are you hurt, and there's no clear marker for that. However, I think the county has a difficult time with that argument made. Certainly, without any dispute, someone suffers emotional distress when a loved one dies. But I think it is within the realm of experience and probability that you can exacerbate that emotional distress by mistreating the family of loved ones, or taking photos, really, according to a plaintiff at least, almost like it was a trophy hunting type of experience. And I think, think any rational person can separate out one trauma from another. Now, does that impact your damages, perhaps? Yes. But does it make it impossible to conceive that she suffered additional emotional distress because of these photos? I don't think that's true. Which side do you think has the better case here? Right now, I like plaintiff's chances, and let me tell you what I'm thinking. You have a case where lured photos were taken, and there is a history of these photos being taken in the ghoul book. You have a case in which people have, at least as plaintiffs painted, have lied, outright lied about what they did with the photos and why. You have the defendant saying that these photos were taken and then distributed for the purposes of training. But you have them distributed at a bar. You have them distributed to a person playing a video game. You have them distributed at an awards ceremony. That doesn't make sense. And I know that the defendants are saying that they immediately told people to remove it from their phone in order to mitigate any continuing harm. But there was no attempt to ensure that these photos were, in fact, destroyed. And it looks more like they were trying to cover up more than anything else. To add the extra spice is you have at least 
one of the deputies saying, should we really do this? We've gotten in trouble before for this. And that's Warrington Parker, a partner at Crowell and Mooring, speaking with Bloomberg's June Grasso. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast or downloading the show at Bloomberg.com slash podcast. Attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com and on the Bloomberg Terminal at BLawGo. This is The Big Take, the best of Bloomberg's in-depth original reporting from around the globe. This is a really fast-moving story. It's caused a lot of outrage among investors. This is so fascinating. The market shut down in a way it's never done before. That's going to have consequences for years to come. The Big Take on Bloomberg Radio. And in today's Big Take, the Fed's past crises hold secrets to tackling future recessions. We're joined now by David Wilcox, Director of U.S. Economic Research at Bloomberg Economics. He was formerly Director of the, the Fed's Division of Research and Stats and served as a senior advisor to three Fed chairs. David, thanks for being with us this morning. At the Echoes Building in Washington, hanging on the wall are pictures of past chairs. I imagine Jay Powell passes the portrait of Arthur Burns and thinks to himself, oh, God, I don't want to be that guy. Is he going to be that guy? Uh, absolutely. I'm sure that's his sentiment. He wants to be the portrait of the next person to over Paul Volcker, who came in after Burns, 1979, in extraordinary circumstance. Volcker had attended a speech that Burns gave where he, where Burns explained why no central bank could control inflation. Volcker flew home from Belgrade, Yugoslavia determined to demonstrate otherwise. And on October 6, 1979, he and his colleagues unveiled a monetary policy revolution that did crush inflation. Tall Paul of Teaneck, New Jersey. That was a painful period, but a painful period we had to live through. Are we going to go through the same period? It was a painful period, but let's keep in mind, it gave birth to an era that macroeconomists call the Great Moderation. It was a period, the Great Moderation was a period of low volatility, solid growth, low and predictable inflation. I don't think we're doomed for a repeat of the Volcker recession. The main reason is because of the legacy that Volcker and his successors left, which is a legacy of low inflation that breeds expectations of low inflation, and inflation is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Households and businesses expect the Fed to deliver on its promise of low inflation. Uh, There is a disconnect right now between what the markets believe and what some members of the Federal Reserve are saying. Why is that, and is how problematic is that? Well, I think, understandably, the members of the Open Market Committee are projecting a tough stance They are determined to win the battle against inflation, and their main message right now is a sort of Mario Draghi style, whatever it takes. They are bound and determined to conquer inflation, even if that comes at the cost of a recession. Again, if a recession comes, I don't think it will be anywhere near uh, the, the depth or the painfulness of the Volcker recession. What are the trade-offs that Jay Powell faces? Does he have to torpedo employment, for instance? Well, that certainly is not his goal. The trade-off he faces is that he probably needs to engender a period of slow growth 
of more sluggish employment. The economy is overheated right now. It needs to cool off. But that is the pathway to a sustainable future. Really, the worst outcome is not to have that uh, period of low growth or a rising unemployment, because that would signal that we're in for a more prolonged era of higher-than-desirable inflation and more volatility. I wish we had more time. David Wilcox, Director of U.S. Economic Research at Bloomberg Economics. It was also formerly the Director of the Federal Reserve's Board uh, Division of Research and Statistics, also serving as Senior Advisor to three Fed chairs. And that is today's big take. Ahead of the market open on Wall Street Dow futures right now, 14 points lower. S&P E-mini futures down 7, and the Nasdaq futures 25 points lower. As we look to treasuries right now, the inversion continues, of course, between 2s and 10s, negative 41 basis points between the two. The two-year yield at 320, the 10-year at 279. You are listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.